welcome everyone to the Wellbeing Podcast, where we have conversations that inspire. On today's episode, we have Veronica Kale, who is a human resources business partner with Orlando Health Medical Group. Veronica, thank you so much for being on the episode with us today. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get started, really what I want to do is just have our listeners get to know you a little bit. So if you could just maybe talk a little bit about who you are, just a little bit about what your role entails, that'd be good. Definitely. So I've worked here for about 10 years. Mm. I work in the medical group, as you said, as one of the two business partners that support all the practices and physicians and providers. Uh, Currently, what we do, the main part of our role is helping implement and understand the policies, Mm. as well as uh, leaders drive corrective action, engagement, best place to work committees. So basically, an overall HR partner for our leaders and team members. Yeah, wow, that's that's pretty cool. What would you say, what is your day-to-day kind of look like? I'm pretty sure that's a pretty loaded question, but if we're trying to see maybe, you know, the world from your perspective or from your eyes, what would that look like? It's very much a consultant position, I feel mm. like. So a lot of times leaders will call me for advice. And sure. so in HR, uh, one of the things that you have to do is just make recommendations. So part of probably say it 45 times a day is I suggest, which is really hard in the <laughs> beginning because, you know, we know the law. We're here to protect the company in some ways. We also want to be advocates for the team members. But at the end of the day, it's the leader's decision to do mm. what they know is best for their operation. Right. Um, so it's very consultative, if that's the right word. <laughs> and um, we'll basically say, you know, we recommend you do this. Here's what the policy is. Um, we advise that you can take these steps. And so it's a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings, and a lot of education. Mm, yeah. I, I can imagine, like, when you said the getting comfortable with the idea of saying, like, we suggest, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, how much of a learning curve was that for you? Very much yeah. for me. Yeah, because, you know, I think what happens is we go by policies, we go by precedent, and then we go by what we know is best for the company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. if I say it's my recommendation that you provide a pep talk or a discipline, in the very beginning, if leaders were like, no, we're good. We're just going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't take it personal. That's not your practice. That's not your business. Yeah, um, yeah. But it took some time. And now it's a very indifferent. I'm like, it's your show. Here's what I would do if I were in your shoes. But mm-hmm. it's whatever you think is best. So it took yeah. a little bit of time, maybe like three months, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I can imagine, too, even for yourself, just kind of even knowing, like, you know, like you said, like as an advocate, knowing when or when to say something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I can imagine just in your particular role and working with different leaders, you know, when we're talking about the idea or the notion even of well-being, what is something that you would say you may be seen um, kind of from that perspective of, of a business partner when we're looking at the idea or the concept of well-being? Yeah, th- there's always more to the story is yeah. how I feel. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're trained to be very neutral. Um, of course, we want to support the leaders, but we also have to help sometimes the leaders see what the team members are going through because they're in it day to day. So right as the operator, you're like, my role is to staff. Well, when someone's calling out repeatedly or having behaviors that aren't in line with our mission, vision and values, you're like, this is frustrating. So we like to step in and show both sides sure. to echo there's always something deeper. There's mm-hmm. always something going on. And yeah. I feel like in this workplace climate, if there's behaviors that are out of the norm, it's probably because there's some wellness paired up with sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. And you know what I love that you said is the, you know, this neutrality that you that you take, right? You know, because even as a therapist, that's, that's really like my, probably I would say the strength or the foundation is that we maintain this neutral approach, right? So someone comes in, they talk to me. 
Um, you know, could I probably give them my own advice? Probably, you know, but is that professional? No, right. you know, but then maintaining, you know, all right, let me remain neutral here, um, hear what you've got to say, and then maybe offer you a different outlook or a different perspective. Because like you said, you know, one thing I've, I've learned recently is this, this idea that context is king, mm-hmm. right? So being able to, you know, have the whole story, you know, because like yeah. you said, if someone is operating, you know, maybe outside of their normal parameters, you know, it's not like because they just woke up one day and said, this is just who I am now. You know, a lot of the times it could be that something else may be going on. Yeah. <clears throat> Our daily lives bleed so much. I mean, how many times have I partnered on you guys to say, oh, yeah. here's what I'm observing. Here's what the leader wants to do. Can you bring in your expertise and see if mm-hmm. there's like a blind spot that I have? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and again, you know, the world has gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot. And like you said, you know, the truth is life doesn't stop, yeah. right? So we're showing up and yes, we spend a lot of our times here, you know, but at the same time, you know, we, we maybe have some things that are going on at home, whether it's financial difficulties or whatever the case may be, you know, and you know, I'm guessing, right, as, as HR, you have to kind of navigate that too and say, okay, if this is outside of that person's characteristics or if this is something that maybe just kind of happened out of nowhere, let's investigate that because I love what you said is that we all tend to have blind spots, right? And leaders, too, tend to have blind spots as well because, like you said, maybe they're trying to navigate the staffing or they're trying to, you know, hey, my my team is struggling in this area, you know, but maybe their strong suit isn't necessarily connecting with the team. So, hey, you know, what if we offer this suggestion from an HR perspective of, you know, that one-on-one counsel with with your team? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different remedies for different issues. Sure. We like to work off of precedent, but sometimes it's just uniquely to what the team member is experiencing or the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when, when we're talking about the idea of well-being, you know, how would you define that, you know, whether it's from a professional standpoint or even just a pro, from a personal standpoint, what, what does well-being mean to you? What does that even look like? It's such a it's such an emerging theme in my life right now. Mm-hmm. I just recently in January started to go to therapy because I was like, I, I had things I wanted to work on. Yeah. But the irony of it was, I learned in my first session, right, that I was like a people pleaser and I needed like boundaries. And then towards the end of it, I was like, I hope my therapist likes me or thinks I, and I'm like, that's defeating the purpose, right? Because I'm like, wait a second, I'm supposed to just get in here and tell her what's going on. And then I was like performing Mm. for her kind Mm. of, but I think I'm just now getting comfortable with it. And, you know, now I'm whatever, eight sessions in and it changed, but it's... (laughs) I think so much of wellness is like awareness. Sure, sure. Um, which I've always felt like I was pretty self-aware, but in the context of wellness in like a closed door room with a sound machine, I was like, I need to start all over and oh. learn because I'm like, you know, does she think I'm funny? Does she think I'm competent? And I'm like, wait, I'm paying her? Like what? This is bizarre. So it's new It's new for me. I'm working. Yeah, on. yeah. No, what I can probably assure you, I am hope I'm right here, right? <laughs> this is kind of from a therapist perspective, but, you know, oftentimes, you know, most therapists will kind of pick that up. Like, let's just say that is an area that you were struggling with. You know, most therapists will probably figure out, like, maybe this person's performing a little bit or whatever. But, you know, we kind of let that go for a little bit, you know, and then after that, you know, it's rooted in vulnerability, in. Yeah, right? And that's sure. what it is. I think it's like, okay, there's a stranger, we have little to no rapport. Of course. And then it's like, well, I don't really want to be super vulnerable. So let mm-hmm. me just tell her what I think she wants to hear. And I can almost guarantee what you said. She probably like picked it up immediately, mm-hmm. but it was just what I knew and what was comfortable. Yeah. But again, I, I want to validate what you said there because it, it, you have to come from a place of vulnerability to be able to do that. You have to come from a place of vulnerability where you can say, hey, 
I think these are some of my struggles. Or maybe you didn't even have the awareness in that moment of like, oh, these are some of the things that I'm battling or struggling with. Because believe it or not, most people struggle with a lot of what you just said. I struggle with that as well, too. You know, because again, like, you know, especially in, in, in essence, like the, the platform that we work for, or, you know, and we want to come off as competent. We want people to know like, hey, we, we know what we're doing. Um, but of course, there's always that internal dialogue that's always like, are you sure that's right? Right. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I love there was the idea of awareness, right? Because I, I think there's such beauty and such a gift when you get to this place of, oh, wow, like maybe I knew that or maybe I thought that was an issue. And now that someone's validated that and now, you know, oh, my gosh, now, now you know. Yeah. Right. One of the things she helped me with was um, two things in partnership was the color wheel, or the mm, feeling wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's cognitive dissonance. So tying those feelings to thoughts, because mm. thoughts are like either the most helpful or most dangerous things that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of that work uh, was hard. But what was by far the most challenging, and I don't know if this is something you guys do, it's like the breath work from mm, like the stomach. Like yeah. she would be like, you know, breathe and I would do it, you know, from like chest up and she's like, yeah. try it again. And I'm like, something so simple of just learning how to breathe, sure. something your body's been doing your whole life. <laughs> it was very funny. So the process of well being and, and going to therapy, I'm, you know, in my early thirties, like it's just it's it's so uncomfortable, but it's very <laughs> it's very telling. Like I feel like it's been extremely helpful. Yeah. 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 And and I love that you said that because to an extent, most people kind of do that shallow breathing, That's it. right? Shallow breathing and, you know, they're just focused. And I think a lot of it comes from a place of anxiety and obviously things that we've been through. Yeah. But we're always, to an extent, almost like on survival mode almost at all times, right? So it's the shallow breathing. And it's interesting you say that because even when we talk about, like, mindfulness and things like that, you know, we're always you know, remind, check, check on your breathing, you know, because again, if we're doing the shallow breathing, you're not getting the reps that you need to, that you need to take in. Right. And there's just something about, you know, that deep breath, right. That in through your nose, out through your mouth, um, that di- diaphragmatic breathing, right. Yeah. Because again, that helps us really to regain what you would call internal locus of control, mm. you know, Veronica, it's admirable that you are, you know, talking to us about your experience in therapy. And, you know, again, when we're even talking about the notion of of feelings, one thing that, you know, we all know is that particular feelings, you know, bring up a particular thought, which then causes us to respond in a particular kind of way. You know, so really what I'm curious is just having that new awareness and a new perspective. How does that, to an extent, even shape how you how you do your job? That's good. I mean, it professionally and personally, it's meant something because it's so easy to categorize your feelings as mm-hmm. angry or, or what have you. And you guys know better than I do that it's like defeat. It's like these really big vocabulary, yeah. these big things or um, angst or whatever that may look like. And so to do my job, though, I think I just keep in mind that like what I see is not what's really the person mm-hmm. is really feeling. Mm-hmm. So they're very likely sometimes they can be mad at me. I mean, I get a lot of emotions um, mm-hmm. on the feeling wheel Mm. and I have to just keep in mind that it's either not directed at me or this is not because they're losing employment today there's probably a trickle-down effect of things that are going on with them sure sure. from that point of view I think it's been helpful yeah and I think one of the images that come up comes up is that iceberg effect right where you know really what we're seeing is just the tip of the iceberg but we're not seeing you know kind of everything else that that 
may be a result of, of what we're actually seeing. And again, when we're even talking about the feelings wheel, you know, I love how you said like these bigger words, defeat and angst, because nine times out of 10, those words aren't necessarily in our vocabulary, right? So we kind of know like the basic emotions, right? Angry, sad, happy, fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we can pinpoint that and kind of go, as you're digging a little bit deeper. And I think that's the part that's super admirable because it takes a lot of vulnerability it takes a lot of courage to say you know what i'm feeling let's say angry or i'm feeling sad but i'm going to allow myself to work through that or go a little bit deeper and maybe there's a different word or a word that fits this feeling way more than what i'm feeling right now and again i think that almost looks like that iceberg effect too right because let's say maybe sad angry is that's the iceberg feeling right that's it that's the feeling and from there you know, you can break it down. So how do you navigate through that even on a personal level? Because I can imagine, right, professionally, you reckon, so you can reconcile and say, hey, there's these things that maybe happened, these things that took place. But I wonder personally, how has that maybe impacted you? Or was that something that you had to work through? Um, and what are some of the ways that you've learned to navigate that? Yeah, I've I compared it to like an ICU nurse or any caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when cases are really bad or outcomes are really bad, you have mm-hmm. to sort of desensitize yourself to yourself to it because you will feel like any normal human being, you'll feel so bad for the, for the person. Um, but also uh, business partners that trained me always said to maintain a lot of respect and dignity at these separations, regardless of the offense or the chronic behavior, whatever it is that basically got them coached out of the organization. like. It, in that moment, it's still, we care for you and about you. We wish you so much luck. If there's anything else we can do, oftentimes, as we're exiting folks, we're like, here's additional resources, EAP or otherwise. Even though they're not active team members anymore, we want them to know that who they are and what they're going through is super important. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not easy. I, I think it's not – we don't we don't quite have the training that, that you guys have. Sure, so, sure. Um, oftentimes, we are separating people who you know need the income. And it's very difficult. Yeah, of course. Um, but – Really, it's just keeping it to the facts and saying mm-hmm. this is the best thing to do or that keeping them would have been maybe a liability to patients yeah, yeah, or harm yeah. or team members or what sure, have you. Sure. And, and I think that definitely p- plays a big role, right? Because if we're looking at, right, just even the two realms, you know, if you would let emotions override you, that, that would make your job very, very difficult. Yeah. You you have to main, we have to maintain control in these meetings. Mm-hmm. And so that can be mm-hmm. challenging, yeah, right? Absolutely. But that's where we're responsible for that piece because cause the leader is directly tied into this person. They're with them all the time. They're in the operation. And so it's, it's far more likely that the leader would have that emotion um, displayed. And we're sort of there to just drive the, the piece like the business part of sure, it. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. So when we're looking at the idea of well being, what what are some things that maybe have specifically helped you like outside like outside of the therapy part of it? Are there any practical things that that you maybe do that that really help with that? So two things for me have stood out, which are kind of textbook ones, but like being outside, <laughs> yeah. like being in nature, because I tell you, I cannot grasp the meditation piece yet. Like, I try, <laughs> my mind's too busy for that. Yeah, like, I'm supposed to help myself. There's no, like it's just so hard, right? So I can't get the meditation piece. But going to mass and um, and or being out in nature has 
been like immediate effects mm. for when I'm feeling very anxious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, if it helps, again, as a therapist, even that, that meditation part of it can be very difficult because, again, especially, you know, my mind runs a thousand miles an hour. Right. You know, so sometimes just being able to kind of collectively calm that or quiet the noise, sometimes that could be difficult, especially because my, my training is... I've got to be thinking about everything at all times, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I got to think about every situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess we're still working through that, yeah, right? My mind's the enemy. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be responsible <laughs> for helping me. Um, so, more to come. My own mind sabotages me. 100%. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I love that you said just getting outdoors because, I mean, research has shown that, you know, the closer you can get to nature or even like, a picture, yeah. you know, that, that really reminds you of, of what nature looks like, the mountain or the greenery. Because, again, these colors also make a big, big difference, you know. You're talking to us about how, you know, therapy has really helped you with, you know, really becoming more aware of your own thoughts. You know, so so one of the questions that, that I'm really curious about is how do you manage or how do you work through those thoughts, you know, when, like, let's say, hypothetically, you're having to coach somebody out of the organization um, or, or have, being put in these intense situations, um, you know, that may impact you on a personal level. Like, how do, you, how do you work through that? I think something I learned, and this also is in my personal life, is like all or nothing statements, mm. things that I categorize as these, um, I'm always like this or I'm never like this. And I think I've become more aware of that, and that's been able to help me a lot reframe my point of view mm. because I think it's so easy to fall back on like the historical parts of our either professional life or personal course, life. Yeah. I mean with parenting it's more prevalent because you know like okay like sometimes I yell at my kids you know and uh you, and I never feel good afterwards. I never feel good about it. <laughs> we it's, still do it's it. <laughs> so I know because you're like my gut reaction or my hormones mm-hmm. or whatever whatever they're like pushing me. <laughs> but the point is it's like I feel that it's like that's not who you are all the time. That's mm. not the full picture. That's just who you are in that moment. Love that. And thankfully, kids are so forgiving and resilient, and we could learn so much from them. But I think just reframing my mind to say this is not who you are all the time. Yeah. Who you are in this moment, or even the the part of the job that you're doing, that's really not who you are. It's yeah. just what's happening mm-hmm. yeah. the next, over the yeah. next few moments. No, I, I love that. You know, one of the things that I, I've said before in the past is like even with when we're looking at the, the idea of work, right? Work you know, or showing up, being an HR business partner, this is what you do. This is not who you are, right? right? Because when you get home and then you become mom, you're not, you know, mom who's the HR business partner right. at the same time, right? So, no, like, this is a part of, of, of what you get to do, but at the end of the day, this doesn't, this isn't your identity, right? This isn't what defines you. You know, like I tell people all the time, like, you know, you know, I, I'm a therapist, great, this is what I do, you know, let's say eight to five on a Monday to Friday, but, at the end of this, I'm a husband, I'm a father, you know, I'm a brother, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a church member, all of these different things, right? Because that's where my identity is set on, right? you know? Um, but, but I get it, you know, sometimes, you know, just that, you know, again, our, our minds have such a great way of convincing ourselves that, you know, we're bad or this is, this is who you are, right? Like, okay, you coach somebody out of the organization, you're just a terrible person, right? right? And it's really important when we're, thinking about like even that narrative because we're always going to find things that are going to in essence make us make us believe that narrative like yep that narrative was true you know and having to fight against that especially when you're having to fight that against yourself right that's the harder part right because of the inner critic you know people can tell me a million things and i can maybe let them you know kind of roll yeah roll away but it's once my own thoughts get the better of me and i and i have to fight to not believe it 
that's when the battle becomes pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, on a personal level, you know, how do you manage that too? Um, I think I think it's probably a little easier outside of work just mm-hmm. because I can call my parents or my friends or, like I said, you know, the nature of children is so ever-changing. Like, <laughs> as soon as they're in a good mood, it's palpable, and I'm like, okay. Mm. See, they've already forgotten about it five minutes ago. Why am <laughs> I still hung up on it? Yeah. Um, or just kind of the things I said, and, and, and definitely reading has been very helpful for mm. me. So, um, But I'm the kind of person, you know, that you hear folks talk about, like, how they rewatch comfort shows. I reread comfort books because I wow. can't take on like a new story right now. Like I don't have the bandwidth to take yeah, on yeah, like yeah, a fictional yeah. character's trauma right now. <laughs> so I'll just reread books that I already know the ending to. Um, that's so good. And, that, and that's, that's that's very comforting to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like a bit of, I'm sure like, even though reading is very mindful, but it's almost like a mindless act to an extent, right? Yeah, for me it is. And if it's just, especially if it's a, a story I love, um, character I love, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, I can reread it over and over again and not go, oh my God, what's going to happen in the next chapter? We'll yeah, yeah, it down. yeah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't, I don't know if I could do that. I feel like for me, it's once I read something and then, <laughs> having to reread it and reread it knowing like I already know what's going to happen it's you know, perfect like, for me is it my mental that's state awesome. loves that that's <laughs> ideal right there that's awesome there's it's- enough um unknowns in my world <laughs> that's pretty safe yeah no I, I like that I like that you know for me it's you know I, I, I make this joke but weekends is like that's like cartoon days oh right? my gosh yeah because that's like my way of just being able to disconnect and you know or, or like right now we've been um, binge watching re-watching Full House oh like the original gosh. Full House like the ones we grew up on Ooh, yeah you know because there's just something about you know like you said it's lighthearted. Sense. lighthearted it's lighthearted but you know where it's going and you know, at the end of the season, then we restart it. So I, I guess it kind of makes sense from from what you're from where you're coming from. Too. Even like really popular TV shows, if it gets too heavy, I'm like, yeah. I'm done. Like Breaking Bad, I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> I can't engage anymore. People are like, you have to get past it. No, I'm done. I can't handle. I can't handle that stress right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, and, and I think to an extent, you know, and it's the side that other people don't often see, right? Which is when we're having to come in and the role that you you play. You know the stories that you, you I'm sure that right. you you hear um, outcomes that maybe you wished weren't like that but yet here they are you know so to an extent it's almost like you're living you know you're living these TV shows right like these particular traumas that people are going through yeah. well it's like well yeah I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this and I'm experiencing this day in and day out you know yeah. and, and I think what's what's interesting about that too is that you know you don't have to be a frontline worker yeah to see the the pain and to see the struggle you know, mm-hmm. because again, we're all human, mm-hmm. you know, so we also see this as well. So, you know, you mentioned something earlier that, you know, in my mind, I know that there's this, there has to be this misconception, right? Because I'm sure oftentimes, and I'm sure you've heard it, people say or people think HR means I'm getting fired. Mm-hmm. If we're calling HR, somebody did something wrong, and if they get involved, I'm about to lose my job. So I, I want to ask you, okay. you know, since you are, you are HR, right? So how true is that statement? Not true at all. <laughs> so HR is so multifaceted, right? You know, there's benefits and compensation and total rewards and you know operations, you name it. But I am in the employee relations world. But even still, the coaching and development piece of that really is, um, it pales in comparison to the training that sure. I do or best place to work initiatives. 
um, really I enjoy just also reaffirming leaders. Like mm-hmm. so sometimes they'll be like, let me bounce this off of you, which is why I had mentioned it being very um, of a consultative par- partnership. Sure, sure. Um, and so a lot of it really is just training and education, right? Mm-hmm. The policies are cumbersome. They're hard to interpret. Our job is to help drive them in the practices and, and, and in the hospitals and to help leaders implement them. Sure, sure. So, yeah. You, you know, the image that came into my mind when you were saying that was, was that of a doctor, right, a physician, because when you look at a physician, right, from a multifaceted level, you know, a physician, let's say if we're running through their day-to-day, you know, they may be working with a patient right now where they're about to deliver great news, mm-hmm. right, or saying, hey, you know, your blood work came back and everything was great versus, you know, the next patient is just saying, hey, you know, there's some areas of concern, we're going to kind of test versus I'm sure that there's times in those in those physicians' days where they're meeting with a patient saying, hey, you know what, I've got to deliver these unfortunate news, you know, or hey, you now have a terminal diagnosis and there are no resources or there is no cure for this particular disease, you know, and I'm sure that's the part of their job that they don't like doing, just like, you know, when you say coaching someone out, that's not your favorite part of, of, of your job, you know, but again, the fact that they're having to do so many different things, again, that's, that doesn't solidify, this is all that they do, like they're just a physician and they deliver bad news all day, every day, you know, they are doing different things, you know, it's just that's a part of their job. Right. And and the piece of it that goes into the prep and the vetting of that is obviously timely, right? And yeah. so that seems to be what sticks out to people. Um, but it can be a very happy profession. Yeah, yeah. Very engaging. Absolutely. And like I said, I, I think what helps me is when leaders or team members go like, thanks so much for listening to me or hearing my point of view or that's exactly what I needed to hear because then I feel like I'm helping them do their day-to-day. They have so much on their plate. It's just something I can help alleviate mm-hmm. their workload with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very grateful that we have people like you um, that can help us read through the cumbersome stuff yeah. and and help us navigate, you know, things from from a better perspective. Because, again, we all have to be an expert in something. Right. So <laughs> you're an expert in, in human resources. And, 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 you know, we are grateful for that. So, awesome. well, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, Veronica, thank you so much for being on the episode with us. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you on our next episode.